Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm Nick Jenkins and I'm tired. I just got back from <laughs> Bozeman for a two-day shoot. No one knows what Bozeman is. I know. <laughs> you can look it up for those Montana listeners. Yeah. We're, yeah, we don't. We have a lot of listeners that are sort of all over the map. Yeah, like there, I was very impressed. Like all over the globe. Bozeman is a city in Montana. It is three hours away, and it is winter, and driving three hours in Montana in the winter is a little bit sketchy. So it was a little frightening. I'm tired, but I'm happy to be here with three of my friends to talk about a whopper of a bad movie. (laughs) Um, That is our our first listener request. Uh, This comes in from Taylor Benke, who is uh, a writer who works for us occasionally, but also is just a good Twitter friend. And you can uh, find her at It's Radish Time uh, on Twitter. She recommended this. From Justin to Kelly. Thank you for your recommendation. Also, I also recommended it concurrently with Taylor. So I'm sorry. It was an equally bad idea by both of you. Yep. Or perfect for this podcast. No, it worked out fine. Yeah, it could be both. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, occasionally we'll get a movie that was a surprise good movie. Yeah, uh, like you know, like Long Kiss Goodnight That's is not that a, bad. A few times, you know, Crossroads, Crossroads. is not that bad. No. And, you know, so there, there this are was few like things. bad Crossroads. Yes, <laughs> I think that's the conversation we'll get into. Is like this, this is a direct comparison to Crossroads. Yeah, out of so, all the movies we've watched on this podcast, the closest thing to this is Crossroads. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But what is this? Actually, I need to introduce you guys. Who are, is what? this? What? Who are these voices? Who are you? So, of course, to my right here, we have Matthew Gatos. Hello, Matt. Hello. Matt works here at Complexly as the head of our co-productions. And what shows do you do? I do Sexplanations, The Financial Diet, Animal Wonders, and now Nature League. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! Lists, the, the fact that it's getting longer makes it even harder to remember now, and I always <laughs> forget, like, half of it. Yeah. Ugh. But the, the fact that the list is getting longer is good. That's a good thing, yes, yeah. for my job. It's <laughs> very good. <laughs> Harder for the memory. Uh, and then we're joined once again. You haven't been on since uh, Justice League? Since Justice League. This is my second episode yeah. ever. Uh, Sari Riley. Sari, what do you do here at the company? Uh, I mostly write and edit scripts for SciShow, but I also worked and edited scripts for Crash Course Film. Right, which we are done which with are done the with. scripting side of now. Yeah. Oh. Still posting. Still posting. Still got a few months left of that. Still office neighbors, but we don't work together directly anymore. Oh, you're about to not be my office neighbor. Then. Now I'm going to be relegated to the garage with Matt. Office neighbor with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I like to think of it as the North Wing. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it'll be the right. North Wing. Yeah. And then that voice is first time guest, Marianne Fernandez Silva, who, what do you do here besides be our friend? I am the executive assistant at Complexly, so I help... Our COO keep everything going and yes. make sure all of you guys still have jobs, sort of. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> also, I make sure that the building stays up sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, three, for joining me on this episode of Real Bad. And today we are going to be talking about a film that kind of tries to be a musical. It's our first musical, I think, on the show. I think so. I mean, Crossroads doesn't really count as a musical. No, all the music in that is in a scene where the characters are supposed to be Yeah, singing. so there's no uh, non-diegetic That's the word I was um, looking for. music <laughs> in it. Whereas this is, you know, full of it. We can talk about whether or not those pieces of music are any good or memorable <laughs> in any way. Uh, but we are talking about the Simon Fuller-produced American Idol 
spin-off thing. Yeah, cash cow. Cash cow. Mm. It, well, mm. planned cash cow, but it did not live up to that. Um, cash calf. <laughs> that is from Justin to Kelly. 2003's from Justin to Kelly, starring Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini, who were both. Uh, the, Kelly Clarkson was the winner of the first season of American Idol in, wow, 2000? No, it was right before yeah, this. Yeah, I thought it was like 2002. Oh, so it would have been 2002. Yeah. Okay. Like, because they were contractually obligated to make this movie after they finished up. Yeah. American okay, so Idol. yeah, it would have been 2001 or two, somewhere yeah. right around there. Um, because they were promoting it when the second season was on. It's a good idea. Like, the idea of let's spin off these people that people really like into a movie, let's promote it when the new season's coming on. It's a great concept for money. I don't mm-hmm. disagree it's- with you. A very Disney thing to do. Like uh, taking Annette Funicello, who was very popular in the Mickey Mouse Club, and then producing all of the beach movies. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm all for it. And I I happen to be, I would say, a moderate lover of musicals, (laughs) even the bad ones. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I love like fun bad musicals. I'm yeah. all game for it, but this was not. It just made me sad. It was, yeah. this was yeah. like, the fun part was kind of yeah. left out. Yeah, it was yeah. just there. There was music in it. I would. I don't know if I'd even call it a proper musical. <laughs> well, we want to talk about that in just a second. But yeah. first, what we have to do is we have to do a 60 second plot dump about this film. Uh, Marianne, you are, this is your first time here, so you have 60 seconds when I tell you to go. This is so surprising. I'm so shocked that this was going to happen to (laughs) me. As the newbie. (laughs) Sarcasm. I've I've never listened to this podcast ever. (laughs) Sarcasm is running rampant (laughs) today. Okay, so what is the plot of From Justin to Kelly in three, two, one? So Kelly gets convinced by her Friends, let's just put a star on that. Um, to go to South Florida um, for spring break, there she meets. We're gonna add another star on that. <laughs> Justin, who is presumably like the president of spring break or whatever, I guess. <laughs> they have like a misconnection, sort of, but then they actually connect and they go on dates, sort of. And one of uh, Kelly's friends, Alexa. Um, decides that she wants to break them up because she's jealous for reasons. <laughs> um, and then everyone gets angry at each other and then Alexa feels bad and then she confesses and then everything's fine. Oh, and they all have friends <laughs> that also have different like romantic ways of finding people in other things, but actually everyone hates each other and they're not actually friends. And there we have it. <laughs> so that is the plot. Yeah, and I think your your mentioning of these subplots is about how the movie handles them. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, this is happening too. We forgot. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Anika Nani Rose is in it, and she's great. Uh, and she has her own subplot, but eh, no one eh. cares about it. I mean, like, well, tell me about your experience. So, so Marianne, you'd uh-huh. see, I think you're the only one of us that had seen it before. Maybe have, but I don't remember it because okay. I was very small. Yeah, <laughs> but you, but you saw it when you were younger. Yes. Okay. Talk, talk about seeing it then and seeing it now. Is it any different? Like you, because at the time you thought it was bad. Yes. So uh, I watched from Justin to Kelly. Like I was had to have been like what sixteen when it uh, when it was out, mm-hmm. maybe ish fifteen sixteen around that age. I don't know. Um, but like I I just didn't watch it because I was that big of a fan of um, 
American Idol, I just feels like, oh, yeah, like, I know American Idol. Like, that's cool. I really enjoyed it. And I, I saw it. I didn't even watch it in theaters. It was on TV and I heard it was bad. And I was like, I mean, how bad could it be? <laughs> um, and I think I distinctly remember that being one of the earlier movies for me that I was watching. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And then I like basically forgot about it for a very, very long time until uh, you passed around a spreadsheet of like, fill it up with bad movies that you know of. And I kept thinking about things. And then all of a sudden, like, from Justin to Kelly popped in. And I'm like, yeah, I don't remember anything about it. But I feel like <laughs> it's probably bad. And I looked up the Metacritic score. And I was like, yep, let's go on this <laughs> list. Oh, it's a prime candidate mm-hmm. for it. So then when you rewatched it, uh-huh. what was your main takeaway? I think, um, I think I thought that it was, like, just, it wasn't. So much that it was bad. I mean, it was bad, but it was just like, eh. I mean, <laughs> in my description, I feel I feel like I said this just kind of happened, or like, eh. It's kind of like, 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 and that's basically what I got out of it. It was sure. not. People were there. They said their lines. <laughs> they were in focus. They were in focus. <laughs> um, all of the dancers, actually, yeah. All of the dancing sequences felt like that everyone was just marking where their yeah. spots are. They weren't actually doing anything. But then they just decided to go with that recording instead of the dancers actually performing. Yeah, the only good dancing scene was the salsa dancing scene. Yes. Like that was the only one where I was like, this is an okay part of a movie. Yeah. And the yeah. rest of it I was like, this is less interesting than the salsa dancing yeah. scene. Yeah, like – Everyone, every, aside from the salsa dancing scene, all of the other, every time there was like an extension of an arm, it didn't get unbent <laughs> all the way. And it was just. I think a big part of that too, <sighs> though, was like Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini were, did not win a dancing competition. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. They won a singing competition. They both have great voices. Neither one of them are very good dancers. And it's very apparent when you surround them with people who are like hired dancers yes. who are doing choreographed moves and you, the only two people who aren't hitting them are the stars of the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. But even still, it almost felt like the director told all of the dancers or maybe the choreographer was like, hey, Justin and Kelly Lee aren't dancers, so don't do it all the way, guys. Don't make them like, look too bad. Don't, just don't. Like, mm. I don't know. To me, it felt like we were, um, so this thing had a really rushed timeline. Yes. From... Conception to, uh, I want to say to filming was like um, like a month or two. Like it was really <laughs> tight. And then to release was like another month on top of that. Like it was really tightly. There was, there was a tight production schedule. Well, and it came out on home video 30 days after it came yes. out in theaters. Yes. So this whole thing from like the idea to <laughs> being able to watch it at home was like four months probably. Which is like that's that's bad. Yeah. And I think that's my favorite piece of trivia from this movie though <laughs> is that Fox originally had already planned for it yeah. to be a video release 30 days after. And then a whole bunch of movie theaters were like – well, if you do that, we're just not going to play it then. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we'll extend it back to three months. And then there were, and then as soon as it got released, it was so bad. They're like, ha, see, we told you. Yeah. They're back to 30 days. Yeah, like, yeah. Please get it out of our theaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it, to me, every dance sequence felt like a rehearsal. 
Yes. Don't well, hurt yourself. Just make just make sure you know I, the marks. I think marks. that's also some of the filmmaking. They filmed this like a singing in the rain musical type thing of like super wide shots, a huge group of doing all this stuff. That era in both dancing and music and everything was super quick cut music videos and Dutch angles and weird effects and reverse time. And I think if you had shot those things more like the music videos of the day, the bad dancing maybe wouldn't have been as noticeable. Well, right, because like none of the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC were dancers necessarily. They they could dance. Like some, it was very clear. Like if you were going to watch a wide shot of them, which ones could dance and which yeah. ones couldn't. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's why you cut it. around that. Yeah, you have to construct. Yeah, uh, but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Sari. Yeah. What was this like for you? <laughs> oh, it was it was disappointing. I think <laughs> like <laughs> it just felt like everything about it was half-assed or not thought through, which was probably a consequence of the whole accelerated process. It yeah. was like we have these vague ideas of characters that we vaguely want to fall in love and we have to have some drama so let's make one of the friends the worst friend imaginable like just make her an arbitrary enemy. Uh, arbitrary enemy. That's a good yeah. album. Mm-hmm. That's a good album name. Mm-hmm. The next mm-hmm. Justin Guarini single. <laughs> yep. Arbitrary enemy. Anyway, continue. Um, And it didn't feel like I love musicals and didn't feel like a musical because it there was barely a story there to begin with. It was really, really contrived. And the songs themselves didn't tell me anything about any how anyone was feeling. Uh, they didn't match the scenes at all. I think every one of them was a love song, pretty much. Uh, they were all just like tortured love songs of like, I wish I could say I love you, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Right, that's not what was happening in this scene when you started singing. Yeah, or they were you on a boat. You loved them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You held them for two seconds on a beach. Yeah, you yeah. talked in a bathroom and she threw her number on a paper towel at you. Uh, love. Love. <laughs> I even think one of the songs was like Kelly singing about how she's going to stand by Justin's side no matter what, going through yeah. all of these hard times, and nothing happened nothing to Nothing had happened mm-hmm. with nothing. any of them. That was the last, that was like her big 11 o'clock hour song yes. was, I'm going to stand by her side, but he was already like... They had already like broken, broken up, up yeah. even though they yeah. never dated, and she was kind of like accepting that it was done in like the way she was talking, mm-hmm. but then her song was all, yeah, like, I'm going to stand by him, and it's like... He's not there. Like, <laughs> he's left. Yeah. He's not there to stand by. Uh-huh. This is the wrong song, Kelly. Yeah. yeah. You guys just hit shuffle on the soundtrack. That's what it felt like. It was like, okay, what songs do we kind of want to promote with this movie? And instead of writing a movie around those songs mm-hmm. in any way or picking them to fit any sort of story, it's like, well, let's just put them together and sprinkle well, them through and yeah. make a dance number around it. And then... We'll kind of piece together. It seemed the like the most broad sense of planning in terms of like here we need a slow song. Yes. yes. Not thinking about the lyrics, not thinking about the characters, nothing. Uh, just like this is a slow song. This is a the evil conniving song, mm-hmm. and then Ooh. this is the this is the you know beach dance song mm-hmm. at yep. the beginning. Because if you do listen to the lyrics of a lot of those, it really is like what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. That there's no substance. To yes. any of the songs. There's yep. no substance to anything. <laughs> That's fair. Let's re- recall it. The villain song is like wishing upon a star. Like yep. what? And yep. what? also, don't make people sing if they cannot possibly <laughs> even figure out what rhythm is. Because that villain song was so bad. It was no good. Not only the writing, but like the performance is clearly she's not a singer. 
It was one of the decent dance numbers, though. I couldn't. But it was filmed in such a weird way. Like, all of her stunt dancing was in the very, very background on a bar, zoomed out, and there were, like, eight extras just standing there with their arms crossed or something. But this is what made, kept continuing, like, every moment this movie had to make me feel good or make me enjoy something took it away from me. Like (laughs) that, because I was like, oh, she can kind of dance. That's cool. Yeah, she's super flexible. She's, she's doing yeah, all these she's like lifts. And she's got this cool dress on and so she, mm-hmm. you know, she can yeah. do stuff and then she's just buried in the shots. It's like this is like yeah. basic filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also like a scene where there's like a bunch of street performers and they are dancing so well. They're doing like I think they're doing tap maybe and they're mm. just so good. But all of the shots are from behind uh, other people. <laughs> yeah. And then like, or it's like two shots of their feet when they're not tapping. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why? What is it? Why are you just showing me a close up <laughs> yeah. of their shoes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and then that goes into a song with like Justin and Kelly literally <laughs> just like doing circles around each other, not bothering to look in one direction or another because they're trying to find each other despite that that's not what the song is saying. And you're just like, I just want to keep watching the tap dancers. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's part of what struck me the most. Like normally I didn't go to film school. I don't have any film training besides like what I learned from Crash Course. Uh, <laughs> but I noticed the filmmaking in this in this movie. Right. And it And it not was, in a good way. And not in a good way cuz normally I think even if things are slightly off like I think we've talked before about how you can cut across conversations and make that can be jarring, but I don't have an eye for that. But in this movie, it was so jarring. The way that they framed scenes, the way that they staged everything, it just was bad. Yeah. That me, a plebeian, can, can notice <laughs> these things. But like, I would, I would, I would seek to adjust that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything in here, in terms of like the directing and, and camera work was bad, bad, mm-hmm. as in, because, like, everything's well exposed, everything is in focus. You know, for the most part, we know who we're supposed to be looking at. Mm-hmm. It's lazy. That's yes. the problem that I ran into. And th- and that makes the whole movie bad, like, mm-hmm. because it's an unenjoyable movie, then if mm-hmm. it's laziness, then you, why am I watching this? Like, it, it, we've talked <laughs> like about- if you didn't try in making it, why should I try to watch yeah. it? Yeah. And it's the same thing of we were talking about before about like this whole idea of filmmaking being a gift, like storytelling being a gift that you give someone and you want to wrap it and put a nice bow on it so they get the experience of unwrapping it and oh, there's a surprise inside, you know, and instead somebody just throws a coupon at you. You know, just go, ah, here you go. We got yeah. Kelly's uh, soggy paper towel and kind of like unwrapped it. And that's what this movie was. Yeah. <laughs> it just had some smudged lipstick, even though lipstick does not smudge that way. Yeah. Well, also like, okay, so that scene. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> let's move on to you. Yeah. All right. Before I dive into my yes. real feelings. Oh, that uh, has my favorite line in the whole scene. Oh, that scene is okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like most of this movie is not okay. The best lines are all in that one scene. I agree Where with you. Justin Gorini is like running from these girls because they're all chasing him to get into a party or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Which I still don't quite understand. Yeah, because the whole movie basically is He's supposed like eight, to be the mayor of Spring Break. He's one of the three mayors or two mayors or whatever. Mm. And they're, yeah. So it's basically, we didn't touch on that entirely yet, but it's like him and his friends yeah. apparently go to Spring Break and they are the party throwers. And mm-hmm. throughout this movie, they throw like eight different little mm-hmm. weird parties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these girls chase him into a bathroom and there's a couple really good lines between him and Kelly Clarkson in that scene that like, that's the only scene in which they have any sort of chemistry 
at all. Uh-huh. And that's when, like, because the line that got me was, like, she's, like, tells him to, like, escape out the window. And he's, like, my hair wouldn't even fit through that. And I'm, like, hey, he has big hair. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Um, I think it's because that was the f- only scene where they were allowed to just be, like, people fighting or people smirking right. at each other instead of these two people who are supposed to be in love when they hadn't had that time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that that's where she gives him her number written in lipstick on a paper towel and then throws it to him outside the window. It lands in a puddle and immediately dissolves. And for some reason he doesn't go, Hey, uh, your number. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know you're still at the window so I could say this to you. Uh, your number dissolves. Can I get it again? I I can reach to the window here. Put it in my phone. Please hand it. Yes. Here's my phone. Please put that in there. So I don't accidentally text your friend this entire movie. And we have a huge miscommunication. Yeah. A hundred percent plot. 100% 100% plot development thing mm-hmm. yeah. that it just needed to be in And there's there. so many moments in this movie like that. Of like, literally the first two minutes of this movie, Kelly Clarkson sings a song, and then she walks over and sees her two friends who... They Are have, packed? They have the most unnatural conversation that three people have ever had about <laughs> what is going to happen in this movie, and they plan a Florida trip in 30 seconds, and the next thing you know, we're in Florida, because obviously the production crew was like, we can't shoot anywhere else besides Florida, we have to get to Florida as quickly as possible in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And and they had to, like, have that contrived setup instead of just jumping in the middle of it. Like, Yeah, hey. we couldn't just, be, like, be driving to Florida. That yeah. would well, be f- no, yeah. because we had to have the boyfriend. Gotta have Luke. Oh, who's oh, not right. her boyfriend. Crazy stuff. At all. We will hopefully talk oh, about yeah. We're gonna talk about, We'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> the best scene in this entire movie. <laughs> the basketball race thing? No. The... Yes, yes, that yeah, one. That yes. Um, but yes, my feelings on this movie. Um, I did not see this movie when I was younger. Uh, I was not a huge American Idol fan, uh, even though I was like, as we talked about in the Crossroads episode, like I was all in on like boy bands and pop music at that time. Sure. And so it was kind of right up my alley. I just I've never been a big reality show person, so mm-hmm. that didn't really appeal to me that much. And so this movie, I was not really interested in because I didn't care about the people in it. But I did always know it was supposedly, like, this really bad movie. I had a friend of mine who, like, owned it on DVD, and that was the joke. It was just like, like we would see it in his collection. We'd be like, you own from Justin to Kelly? And then it was, like, <laughs> a joke to everyone else. would be like, yeah, he owns from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> and, like, but yet we never watched it for some reason. So this morning, actually, I watched Because you it. embarrassed him. I guess so, probably. Sorry, Kyle. Um, we uh, Kyle, we know your name now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I watched it this morning, like literally two hours ago before we started recording this, and that was my first time watching it. And I agree with Sari in that I like I really like musicals, and I like fun musicals. And when this first started, I was like, okay, the acting and the performance is really bad and cheesy, and no one feels like a natural human. But when they started singing on the beach, I was like, oh, so this is like going to be a full on musical. And I was ready to forgive some cheesiness and some bad acting mm-hmm. because some musicals really get away with that. Of like, I totally agree with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Of like, OK, if we're all going to be singing and stuff, this needs to kind of be a goofy setup because if it's super dramatic and then we're singing in each other's faces, it could be a little weird balance. Mm-hmm. This did not do that <laughs> because one, the songs weren't fun at all. They weren't memorable, like Nick said. Uh, and yeah, like Sari said, had nothing to do with the plot. So it didn't feel like anyone was singing their feelings in the moment. They weren't singing the plot along. The songs were just a distraction from the weak, weak, weak <laughs> plot that was there. So there was, n- yeah, it's like the worst 
five pieces of movie making <laughs> coming together and not in a good way at all. Yeah. Which is weird, too, because it's a very I was talking about this earlier that I feel like this is a fairly harmless movie. Like normally yeah. when we watch a lot of bad movies, you kind of walk away from each movie and going, well, that was sexist. I mean, there that, are a, there a, are cream bikini contest. Oh, no, there there totally are. Uh-huh. But you are supposed to be looking at the that group, that, that idea as ridiculous. Yes. I will say mm-hmm. the the broy group, the Philadelphia party yeah. posse, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. party posse, whatever they call mm-hmm. themselves, like – they show up in this movie as super douchey bros. They yes. have the one nerdy friend who likes the internet. And uh, <laughs> I, hope we, I hope we talk about him too. Oh yeah, Me we too, gotta go yeah. like character by character yes. in this movie. But like they show up and you're kind of supposed to hate them. But the thing is, is they all get what they want. And that's my problem with the movie is that like- I agree. There's yeah, no comeuppance right. for any bad behavior in this movie. Like the the first two minutes of this movie, the broiest bro, I think his name's Brandon, um, he gets a ticket from a cop that's extremely attractive. And the moment that happened, I said out loud, I was like, they're going to hook up by the end of this movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's oh, yeah. no way that is not the plot of this movie for him. I uh-huh. hate it. That's and his side like, plot. Yeah. I hate I, his side plot. And he has all these rap songs. He's just my yeah. very, very white, white character. And, and raps the, sa- the exact same way that you think a white boy yep. would rap. Yes. A white boy with a puka shell necklace uh-huh. on spring break in Florida. And his friends don't tell him he can't rap for some reason because they really should. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know how much respect, more respect, uh, respect at all I would have gained if. <laughs> Justin Guarini, when he started to rap, Justin Guarini would have gone, no, 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 no. No, we've, we've talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then just moved on. Or yeah. I would have liked that Only. to be part of like the uh, the nerdy internet kids uh, plot line of just like, he's the one who's like always saying like, dude, you're not good at this. So you should stop. <laughs> and there's like, shut up, nerd. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, no, no, no. You're being really offensive right yeah, now. You're terrible at this and pretty much everything else. Mm-hmm. You are the... You're the caricature. Yeah. Yeah. Take Everyone your, was a caricature. Take your frosted tips and go away. Oh, man. Like, so, Nick. <laughs> how did you I think, feel? Well, for me, I, I know at least like me and Marianne were mm-hmm. of the age of like, we were like teenagers when this came out. We were mm-hmm. like probably the prime audience. Yeah. We're only a couple months apart. So, yeah. yeah. Nick, <laughs> you were not the prime audience for this when it came out. No, I was in my 40s when this came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still in my 40s. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but you were in your 20s when I it came really out. enjoyed uh, the... I didn't watch the first season of American Idol. I watched the second season, though, and I really enjoyed it. And I watched the third one, and I, I sort of enjoyed that. I also didn't originally want to watch it because I don't like reality TV either, but then I realized, oh, it's not reality TV. It's just a competition. And I, I loved Star Search when <laughs> I was a kid and stuff like that. So mm. I was totally on board to, to watch this. Um and I remember being kind of excited the first time Kelly Clarkson was going to come on season two of American Idol to sing because I hadn't really heard anything from her because her album hadn't dropped yet. I think like she'd had one, like one single or something. Well, yeah, because they always had the single at the end of yeah, the season. They were, which like, was the always next day. terrible. <laughs> uh, that was the moment like this song, yeah, right? Yeah, a moment like this. Yes, I hate that song. What? I, I thought it was fine. I, it was, I enjoyed it. I do not like it. But I like almost every other song she's released. Uh, but anyway... So I was like interested. I was like, oh, cool. This is a good idea because I love musicals and we haven't really been making musicals lately. Uh, so this should be this should be a lot of fun. And then the reviews started pouring in <laughs> about it. And and I noticed that like uh, we talked about this before, too, that 
uh, season two was Clay Aiken and Ruben Stuttered, mm-hmm. and they had mentioned if from Justin DeKelly was a hit, they were going to do one with Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken that was sort of a, an odd couple style film. <laughs> that that probably would have been better. better I would have preferred to watch that. Can we make that now? I, I would. I would prefer they both to need watch work. Right? Uh-huh. Sure. Why not? Um, so anyway, I, the reviews came out and I was kind of like, oh, I don't need to see that. But I also had no attachment to Kelly or Justin, like, cause I, I started watching after that. And then it just became this thing of like classic, just terrible movie. And there was a part of me in my head that was always like, it's just a romantic comedy. How bad can it be? Mm-hmm. Like when you think of bad science fiction, you think, oh, okay, bad effects and bad makeup and cheesy acting, whatever. I wasn't expecting this movie to be as full of nothing as it was. Mm -hmm. So when I was watching it, I didn't even text Matt that much. Normally I'll text you a lot. Yeah. I think I just texted you, oh dear. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) Hold on. I do have my phone right here. Uh, These are the series of texts I got from Nick on Tuesday night. I'm about to watch from Justin to Kelly, neutral emoji face. (laughs) (laughs) Then a a little while later, like half hour, no, like literally five minutes later, (laughs) oh dear, oh dear. (laughs) Then I'm uh, an hour and 20 minutes later, which means he had just finished it. Good fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that bad? And he said, this is the laziest excuse for a major motion picture I've ever experienced. I stand by that. For a film that you would release out to, to a wide audience, this is the laziest thing I've ever seen. It, 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 here's a big thing, and I want to sort of get started talking about this so we can move on to characters, because I think talking about each individual character is going to be important. I want to do a comparison real quick with a musical that I really enjoy. Not because I want to say this is good and this is bad, but to talk about how this movie fails to do things that it needs to do. And that is Moulin Rouge. Okay. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy Moulin Rouge. I don't enjoy every part of Moulin Rouge. I think it can be headache inducing at times, Mm -hmm. but Baz Luhrmann, the director of Moulin Rouge knows how to visually drop us in to a song. So it's not just a song starts. There is a, a, a there's thoughtfulness, there's scene architecture being put in place that allows us to start feeling that something is changing and we're about to go into a different world. Whether that be simply adding a close up, lights changing. There's the great scene in Moulin Rouge uh, for Roxanne mm-hmm. where everything oh, changes before the music even starts and it builds to it and it gives us something. And I had this thought when I was watching from Justin to Kelly when they get on the boat. And the music kind of lazily comes in, and I'm like, are they going to sing? Oh, they're singing. Okay. I guess we're never looking at one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's the moment they fall in love. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like so cinematically devoid of any emotion Mm -hmm. um, or any emotional storytelling that it was was really sad to me. Because I'm like, I get the moment that you were envisioning in your head to young couple out on a boat singing to each other, and then they're just on this, you know, that it's not even like great shots of the their hair blowing in the wind it's just yeah, there's not even any close ups no it's like just, you don't get their facial like you don't get their emotion you get like wide shots of a sunset in a harbor yeah, yeah. it is nothing yeah. Go you ahead, compare Sarah. that directly to like the love, the elephant love song medley right. in Moulin Rouge that is when I don't remember the characters names Ewan McGregor Sat- and Nicole Kidman Satine and Christian yeah. Yes. Fall in love. Christian and Satan. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just sampled pop songs. Like all of that. That is what this yeah. 
from Justin McKelly, pop songs or various other like. Oh no, they redid one. <laughs> oh, that was the worst thing ever. But go ahead, continue. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the whole love song. But you could really, I don't know, you could really feel that connection in Moulin you could. Rouge. They, the way it was staged, the way that they sung to each other, the, the way that they were interacting with each other. It's like I believe that this is this character, these characters falling in love. This is their time to do so. Or I believe that that's what the movie is telling me. Yes. Or I believe that that's what the movie is telling me. There's no point of view here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The movie's not telling me anything about these characters, Mm -hmm. except they're on a boat and some music came up and they're staring away from each other. I I have nothing good or bad Mm -hmm. is coming out of this. Well, like, I'd even argue that, so doing the comparison between Moulin Rouge and just from Justin Kelly, even just them seeing each other, like, so in from Justin to Kelly, there is a huge song uh-huh. and like Kelly and her friends join into the song from like getting like leaving their car. And then Justin and his friends are, are like also at the beach in this song thing. And then all of a sudden, like they cut away to different couples. And then all of a sudden, Justin and Kelly are dancing with one another, saying that they've seen each other from across the room, even though they hadn't. And then like then, then they cut away and then they cut back. And Kelly's dancing with someone else. And so, like, there was not a moment where they met. They were just all right. of a sudden dancing together. They were dancing then, the same amount with each other as everyone else in that group was correct. dancing with and each other. And let me tell correct. you, there were some much better looking men yes. that she was dancing with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and like, they, this, the movie kind of puts it on you that you're supposed to see a connection between them. Yeah. But that then, is like, the moment they fall for each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're not even looking at each other. But yeah. then you talk you talk about Moulin Rouge and like when Christian sees Satine, it's just like this moment. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, no, no wonder he's falling in love with her. She's like amazing. And like the spotlight is literally on her. Well, and she's just, coming down from yeah. the ceiling. And it's just, you know, this like, oh, yeah, no wonder. Like we this don't, makes sense. We don't have a meet cute. Correct. Which we, is why which why I put an we're asterisk. Su- we're supposed to. Yes. Why I put an we're supposed to believe that, that that's what that was. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think in yeah, in my notes, uh it was something that just Justin somehow meets Kelly and now they're in love. Was my note. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's we're just supposed to believe through all of this that they love each other because they tell us the movie tells us they're supposed to. And yet they don't talk about anything. No. They don't even really meet the first time. Once her friend betrays her and gives him the wrong phone number and misleadingly texts him this whole time, you realize like 30, 40 minutes later that clearly Justin and Kelly have not called each other. They have not texted each other. Their entire relationship is based on randomly bumping into each other at events. Mm-hmm. And- what, I'm, what I'm led to believe is Miami? It's Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> That's a fun thing. So in the descriptions, it all says Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Like all of the copy says Fort Lauderdale. Kelly in the movie says Miami. Does she? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I saw Fort Lauderdale as, in the description. As someone who is from Miami, I'm like, these places are an hour apart. They're not the same <laughs> right. place. But where were they? A lot of the scenes were shot like both. So that's, okay. that happens a lot when you shoot like yeah. in South Florida. It's yeah. like you shoot in lot like... The I mean, same thing happens when you yeah, shoot in California. All over. Yeah. yeah. But like suddenly you're an hour away and you're supposed to be around the corner. But yeah. like what where are they? Somewhere in South Florida. Right. They're on spring break. They're on spring break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But like uh yeah, they're just supposed to be bumping into each other and and, and we're also led to believe this is this huge thing. So I mean there are plenty of logical fallacies there that mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. they don't work. But that the core of this is the laziness. Well, because the main like 
one of the bigger logical fallacies for me is that boat scene because he has texted her friend mm-hmm. thinking that it was her arranging a date to go on a boat. That was the arrangement. She has no idea this is happening, right? Mm-hmm. She has not been privy to this conversation. She doesn't know he's texting her friend. They bump into each other somewhere, like on the beach, of course, uh, and says, like, so I'll see you at the marina at four. She's like, yeah. She says yes <laughs> to something she didn't know happened. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Maybe she was just caught up in the moment. And the next scene is them at the marina. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So yeah. she just went to the marina at four. And at that conversation, I think for like a half second, they show her being like, what? Yeah. Like to herself. But she never addresses that with him. She never says, hey. And there's two or three times in the movie where he references like, the fact that he texted her or like, mm-hmm. oh, you said you sent me a weird message or da, da, da. and she always goes, huh? But they don't ever go, oh, I haven't been texting you. Yeah. yeah. Or like, no, you said this thing. And she'd be like, I didn't say that thing. Mm-hmm. It literally takes until the end of the movie for her terrible friend to confess that she yeah. did it for them to figure out. Yeah. But wait, 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 wait. there's one step here we need to talk about to go into the lazitude, <laughs> which is. Her her friend's cell phone kind of awkwardly tumbles out, mm-hmm. and Kelly catches it. That's how she finds. And that's mm-hmm. how she finds and out. Starts reading through her friend's text. Yeah, yes. with, yeah. For, for no reason. Yeah, like she doesn't suspect anything. No, she's, she's not just a like, moment. oh, I got your phone. Text. I, yeah. Like, well, I think what? they they're trying to sell it as like the phone drops out of her purse very clumsily. I think there's so many like clumsy moments in this mm-hmm. movie that all look like they're on purpose. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, Kelly might as well have just reached into her purse and yes. grabbed her phone. But I kept, I, sorry, go ahead. No, but it, like it falls out and I think we're supposed to believe that like at that moment, the text pops up from Justin of like, mm-hmm. that says something like, I don't know, like hope to see you again or something like that. Why'd you blow me off? Or yeah. Something? Why'd you blow me yeah. off? And she's like, wait, you had a text from Justin. Let me read the rest of these texts. And that's when she realizes it. But yeah, it's just every decision that was made in this movie again is just slow so lazy yeah it mm-hmm. and like the i thought uh, it's going back to sort of what you were saying there were moments in the film mostly at the beginning where i'm like you have hope where yeah you do mm-hmm. where you look at and you go well okay like actually just her the the moment at the very beginning where kelly is singing yeah and it the camera whips around and there's nobody in the audience i was kind of like okay that's kind of funny mm-hmm. all right i'm i'm on board for this i and was then, i was ready for the movie that I thought in that first few seconds it was going to be of like, again, a crossroads type yeah, thing of like yeah. this girl who wants to sing, who yeah. has a career mm-hmm. in mind, who wants to do this, but right now she has no audience. So I was like, okay, so this is going to be a movie about her trying to get a music career? Nope. No, not at all. <laughs> no. That is so unimportant. to Like uh-huh. the fact that she can sing is never really brought up ever again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was funny too, because at the beginning I'm like, oh God, I love her voice. Yeah. Like I love listening to her sing. So I was happy there. And then she has that interaction with Luke who, whoo. Um, and then there's a, the moment with everybody dancing. I'm like, okay, back into stupid musical. But then there are all these lazy moments of like, they well, did they see each? Are they... Was that the moment? Uh, but then there is this other moment where I think both Kelly and Justin take the evil friend, like are outside with the evil friend talking. And I had this moment of like, oh, they're going to trap her into saying something or <laughs> something. And then not nothing. It's just it 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 is just there's it's nothing. It plays uh, both Justin and Kelly as like the 
the the least interesting and the most stupid characters yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like uh-huh. both of them have no idea what's going on with anything around them, and they're just waiting to be like be pushed in certain directions. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Well, like like key parts of musicals are like the I want song. What do you want? The mm-hmm. realization songs where people like uncover a mystery. I realize what I want. Yeah, I realize what I want. <laughs> or the hey, I'm the charming person like playing up to the audience. This is my character song. But because they had none of those things in the movie, yeah. they couldn't have those songs because right. they didn't have any characterization. And we also don't get those moments in any other way. Yeah. Like the the whole concept, uh, and we can break this down by character or whatever, but like Justin, the whole plot of Justin and Kelly's interactions are like she perceives him as this like party guy because he came there with his party friends. And his whole thing is like, no, I'm not really the party guy. I really have a heart. And it's like, Okay, you say that twice and we're supposed to believe you, but you don't sing that song of like, I wish I wasn't a party guy. I want to yeah. like be with her. I love her. Like, we don't get those moments from him. So we don't believe him enough to hope that Kelly ends up with him. And mm-hmm. he also like helped coordinate a whipped cream bikini yes. contest. Like, yes. Okay, you want to tell me. Which he feels slightly bad about at the end, yeah. but only when she calls him out on his shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, can Let's we talk, talk about, about Luke? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Luke is Luke is so ridiculous. Well, he's, he's ridiculous. He's Luke is the cowboy man at the beginning that you mentioned that mm-hmm. we are we believe like lives in Texas with them and is infatuated with Kelly. But what you think? Okay, maybe we won't we won't see Luke ever again in this movie because he <laughs> they leave Texas and go to Florida. Yeah. But then at a certain point, Alexa <laughs> has been trying to break up. Justin and Kelly or keep them apart this whole movie and at a certain point she tells Justin like oh she has a boyfriend back home and he's like what you're lying and then she picks up her phone and says hey how fast can you get down here and I just say out loud I'm like damn it she's calling Luke (laughs) I was like she's calling the Texas cowboy and telling him to come to Florida I had forgotten about Luke so I was like who the uh-huh. Oh no! I knew exactly. I was like, yeah. I, like every point of this movie when they don't want you to know what's happening, it's like a little secret. I knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> oh. It was ditto, so ditto. telegraphed. But yes, so Luke yeah, shows like, up. The hoverboards. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Luke shows up. He shows up and immediately wants to fight Justin for some reason. And the way they settle their their dispute of that they're angry at each other is with a hovercraft game mm-hmm. where they are racing, but also throwing balls at each other in the water. And it felt like a weird real world road rules yeah. challenge game. No, it yes. felt like something stripped from uh, reality television. Yeah. yeah, and one, how fucking ridiculous is it that in this rom-com things are settled with a hovercraft race? Yeah. And two, the fact that nothing is settled once it's over. What are they settling? I think it was like kind of that like, I'll fight you for her. That's what I thought yeah. too. And which, I was just like, this is... Which is ridiculous also because the first couple minutes of the movie, they spend a fair amount of time of giving Kelly lines that makes her seem like she's not into this like macho Mm -hmm. woman possession thing and she's a person and like the fact that Justin was set was like doing this whole like whipped cream bikini contest was like horribly offensive to her but she's totally fine with like the two dudes like 
basically jousting, jousting yeah. for yeah. for it was her jousting. honor. It was basically it was jousting, supposed to be the like jousting, throwing small balls into cover crab jousting, <laughs> and they weren't very far away from the shore either. No. So it was like, oh, it's so dangerous. But like that's the thing too is like we get those opening moments with her and Luke where she's telling him very clearly like, "No, nah, I'm not interested." And then when oh, he the, shows he has up, the the most interesting and disturbing line of this entire movie is at the very beginning where basically he says where she says I'm just not interested and he says oh just wait yeah well there's also Justin's text there's also a creepy moment where where Justin thinks he's texting Kelly about the marina date and he says I won't take no for an answer Uh, yeah yeah. Um, but uh, yeah so the thing is like Luke shows up the second time and Kelly immediately tells him like I'm not interested in you at all like in maybe like a brother sister way like let's be friends and then that leads to the jousting moment. And it's mm-hmm. like, that moment should have ended. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it should have been over. Justin should have heard her say that and been like, cool. So you're not interested in this dude at all. This is not your boyfriend. I believe you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm going to almost kill him on a hovercraft. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they knew, much like the songs, they need a slow song, they need a fast song. Now it's like, now we need the, the hovercraft. Well, no, we, <laughs> we need grease lightning. We need grease lightning. Yeah, grease lightning. yeah, we need some drag racing in here, guys. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was drag racing. It was jousting for the woman's heart, uh-huh. even though the woman didn't want this to happen. No, it, like, and I mean, look, Greece has all kinds of problems. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it it really does. But it is my one of my problematic faves. Like, I still watch that and enjoy the songs and everything. But oh, good lord! Okay, I understand <laughs> that. But also, the the thing that they're racing for in Greece is a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and their own personal thing. They're not even objectifying a woman to that. They're not, you know, they're not no. saying we're racing for her. Sandy's watching, but it's not. <laughs> Sandy's not into Kaniki. Kaniki doesn't race. Kinnicky oh, no, I'm race. saying, sorry, other guy, bad guy, whatever his name is in Greece. Uh-huh. Oh, I forgot Kaniki's uh, another bad guy. Zalmudo. The guy who looks yeah. 40. Balmudo. As opposed Balmudo. to all the 30 year olds in it. Yeah, the guy um, with the, <laughs> the really bad acne. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, like he is not involved in the romantic plot. No, of that no, 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 no. It's no, not it's, a romantic thing. Yeah. So, so it's weird to have the th- Thunder Road. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it's, ra- oh, God. Well, it, the, pro- like, the problem with it, too, is like, I could almost accept it if it was just a hovercraft race. Mm-hmm. Hey, the first one to hit the point and back is the winner. Yeah. Sure. It's a silly game of them thr- trying to like throw balls into the other one's basket on the other one's hovercraft. Yeah. It's a game of like children playing that like these this is a thing that you have to like be friends with the person that you're like, "Hey guys, want to go pay 20 bucks and play the hovercraft basketball game?" Mm-hmm. It's not a thing two guys who are like bitter rivals would be like, yeah, I challenge you to hovercraft basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I would, it would take me a while to understand what I'm supposed to be doing and <laughs> what equals winning. I didn't get it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> don't drive around the cones in this way, like counterclockwise. Yeah. <laughs> get your uh, balls ready to throw. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I have one more character I want to talk about. And Just that one. Is, I want to go through all oh, of them yeah, one by too. one. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to talk about internet guy. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember his name I at all. I don't remember oh, his okay. name. I, but apparently he's on Eddie. NCIS now. Andy? It's Eddie. Eddie. Eddie? Yes. Okay. Eddie. Oh, my God. Yes, he is on NCIS. Yeah. Eddie comes from a different movie. Yes. <laughs> he's a slapstick character who is mm-hmm. both the smartest and dumbest character yes. in the movie. Uh, he was like, 
what a what a person would like kind of write a smart person to be and then in undercut 1984 that. yeah yes. it's like the internet's fairly new kind of not really everyone knows about it but let's make this kid the only kid in the movie who cares about the internet yeah and then he was like high speed internet access and then he saw the phone in the hotel room and was like this won't work I can't <laughs> even boot up yeah. yeah Sarah and I are watching it together and we're both like uh, a person really who like really knows how to use the internet in the uh, early 2000s, late 90s, knows how to get their internet. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, also, too, he, Starbucks was already around. He has, he has met a woman through a Xena chat room, mm-hmm. and they are supposed to be meeting at this spring break. Mm-hmm. And that's his plot line for this, and he misses her a bunch of times until he finally finds her at the very end, by accident, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, that's his plot line throughout this thing. But he does so many, like weirdly slapsticky comedy things very, like he can't set up a, ho- a hotel bed he over tans and burns his face and mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. police academy style he- uh, humor yeah and it's I think it's supposed to be like that sort of goofy character in the movie that is like the comic relief but he's not funny enough or important enough to anything that I care about his. no again it's like, mm. It's lazy. Yes. Yeah. He's, somebody said we need a funny one. They thought of a, like they thought of five different gags to have in a beach movie, and it was like, all right, mm-hmm. sunburn, all this stuff, and it's like, <laughs> there, there's his plot. And it's mm-hmm. it's weird too because just watching it, I'm thinking of several gags that they could do that would be funny within the context of what they're doing, and they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, well, because it also no, nothing he does affects the main story. Nope. All of his anyone does. Yeah, no. Well, that's yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like everyone else is just there to be brought up to fill time. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. really because they. I think maybe they realized Justin and Kelly weren't interesting, and so like (laughs) their story alone is not enough to carry this movie. But like everything he does just affects his own storyline that no one else seems to know is happening. He even has like. He ha- so there's his subplot of trying to find this girl, and then he has another subplot of like coaching this one <laughs> big buff oh, dude God. whose girlfriend is cheating on him. But, but like, but it doesn't, doesn't yeah. do anything. I'm not clear if that guy thinks Eddie is still the one. I think that, so. I think he does. I, be- okay. The, because that the truth of the matter is, Brandon is sleeping with this dude's wife girlfriend. or girlfriend. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that. Because he says he was like, hanging out with Inga three times or whatever like that. Like, no, well, also, like, so this big buff dude breaks into their hotel room, and it's yeah. just Eddie, and he calls him Brandon, and he's like, wait, I'm not Brandon, and then it just they, they end never up gets at the bar ever. I missed drinks. that. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. missed that part. I missed part. that, too. Marion had to well, explain it to me yeah. while we were watching. Yeah, Devin had to explain it to me, because I was like, <laughs> wait, Devin who, and I the same. who is this... Who is this person and why is he upset? And it's because in like the previous scene, Brandon alludes to like he had a night out with Inga the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so this guy breaks in and is like, Inga said she's been seeing Brandon or something like that. Well, why so couldn't it have been the, the the metal looking guy with the shaved head? That would have made a lot more sense. Then I would have tracked oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas opposed to we get this like 40 year old who shows up at spring break and is like, you taking my girlfriend? And instead of like saying, no, that's not me, that is my friend, go find him, they go out for drinks to the bar and he like coaches him on like, why his girlfriend is yeah. cheating on him. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't get them back together. No. Nope. He coaches, which I mean, this is fine, like coaches the guy to be accepting of it. Yep. Yeah. And he accepts it. And he's like, no, we're done, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but he still thinks that he was the guy she was cheating with. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's such weird that subplot. Is, that was a weird 
frustrating and icky subplot. And so unnecessary. It's just time filler. Yeah, it was just time filler. And well, like every everything was such time filler. Like all of Brandon's subplots were just to get him to interact with With the cop, the The cop cop again. Yeah, yeah, and like. They were all so out of the blue. It was, it was very like, sitcom TV ish. Like it mm-hmm. was very like Saved by the Bell. Like when they're like off working at their summer beach job. It mm-hmm. was very much like those sort of like little plot points that like if you're watching a sitcom, things are wrapped up in a half hour. You can like some of these dumb little plots of like, well, if you had just told me, oh, everything would have been fixed. <laughs> you can accept that in like 22 minutes. When it's an hour and 22 minutes, mm-hmm. it's infuriating yeah. that these things don't get wrapped up sooner just from talking them out or that they're happening at all because we're supposed to care about characters that have no effect on the overall plot of this movie. The only person who really does is Alexa. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she's the villain of this movie. Yeah. And she's yeah. the only one altering the plot at all because she has all of the power through texting Justin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's even like the side plot of Kaya and Carlos. So so yeah. Kaya is Kelly's other friend. Mm-hmm. And Carlos The good friend. Yeah. Yes. The one who isn't shitty. Even though like Kelly and Kaya also like trash talk Alexa and I'm like, you guys just all hate each other. No one no one is nice to one another at all ever. Yeah, the 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 girl the group of girlfriends and the group of boyfriends all are, it's, again, like the 90s teen movies mm-hmm. of, like, let's throw these people together even though they would never be friends in real life and they seem to hate each other. Yeah. Because we need them to be in this movie and we need tropes, yep. they're all yes. friends now. Yep. Yes. And it's that thing of, like, clearly, like, Alexa had to have been terrible before this. She mm-hmm. just didn't decide yeah. to mm-hmm. be today. <laughs> yeah. But well, they even, when they're sitting there tanning at one point, they basically look at her and go, no, honey, you're terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they are very aware she is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they even, like, say it. Like, it's the three girls, and Kaya's like, I'm the smart one. Kelly's the nice one. And you're the party girl. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, uh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You just read the script notes out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Kaya and Carlos's storyline, again, doesn't really affect the main plot. No. But it happens. Yep. It leads to the better dance sequence. To be yes. honest, it was like the most realistic relationship development in the whole film. Right, and I was like, very happy that it went the way it did because mm-hmm. at the beginning, she like spills a drink on herself. Again, one of the clumsy moments that looks totally on purpose. Yep. Um, and he's helped there to help her clean, her clean it up. And we all realize immediately that he works there because he's wearing an apron. Yes. Um, <laughs> she but doesn't. she doesn't. And then he gets called over to help with the dishes and th- she's like... <gasps> He works here. Yeah. And I'm like, is that going to be their conflict? Is she going to be like, I can't date the worker? I'm like, what? me, a person with no money, yeah. can't date yeah. the help. Luckily, it doesn't go that way. No. Luckily, they have a lovely relationship. We don't really know where it ends up going. Sort of. Well, there are problems. They face, cons- like, she faces consequences for her actions, which yes. no one else in the film does. Correct. Especially no men. Yeah, do. especially yeah. no true. men. Yeah. But, like, it ends with he them having. He faces consequences for her actions, too. <laughs> yeah. But they have, like, a romantic dinner on this floating table. Somehow, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't know how that works. That looks like, like magic to me. Pool. I think um, it's just like a plexiglass that they have cover on the pool. Yeah, but uh, they, you, you realize they also never went out onto it. Yeah, they no. just show it from afar. But then they end up dancing at the end. So I guess happily ever after. Sure. But they like they acknowledge <laughs> of mean, like you live here, yeah. I live there. This is just a fling, and she's like, no, it's not a fling. Oh, and, it's totally just a fling. But who knows? Okay. We're, we have to wait for the sequel. No. Nope. From Kaya to Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to move on then to how we think we would fix this thing if we could. 
Uh, Matt. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> I think even though the worst, one of the worst songs in this movie is the cover song of a. Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Uh, that's the that's way. That's the way I, I like, like it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. That that is bad. And for a movie closing number, it has a slow breakdown for some reason. But again, regardless of the terribleness of that, I think this movie would have benefited if it maybe leaned into covers that were relevant to the movie, maybe making the songs more fun. And I think. The ideal world is you make original songs for a musical that matter, that -hmm. affect the plot, that move things along. If you don't have time to do that, which it didn't sound like they did, I think one alternative is to maybe bring in some more familiar pop songs. Let Justin and Kelly do covers of these songs like they did when they were on American Idol, when Mm -hmm. everyone fell in love with them. Like, bring that energy from American Idol into this show, into this movie. And I don't think they did any of that. So I think that's one small fix. I think obviously there's a lot of problems with this. <laughs> and a lot of them are from the hurried schedule. But I think that's one small thing that at least would have, I, I don't know, you would have remembered some of the songs. Whereas I can't name any of them besides that's, that's the way, the way I, I like it. it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, some more fun songs, maybe some covers. Sari. Uh just burn it all to the ground Uh, (laughs) but in all seriousness I think I was thinking along the same lines as Matt um, like the whole point of American Idol is singing cover songs and there are plenty of stage and movie musicals that are cover songs like Mamma Mia Moulin Rouge Uh, Tommy yeah Yeah. Jersey Boys well Tommy's not covers Tommy is made by them oh yeah that's true yeah Yeah. Um, but yeah American Idiot that's also made by them. But it's also the same concept as Mamma Mia. It's fine. Like, using the exact same songs that are popular. That's songs. true. Mamma Mia is a, yeah. Yes. But yeah, Moulin Rouge, I think, like, we were talking about that earlier. Yes. Like, yeah. that's all repurposed pop songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. With the exception of one. Mm-hmm. Section. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what this movie could have done really well, is mm-hmm. repurposed a bunch of songs. They could even choose the track list beforehand, which they maybe did for this movie. Oh, God. Uh, Choose the songs, maybe throw in one original Kelly song, one original Justin song, have those be the highlight, have those be the singles after the movie, whatever, and then structure the story around that instead of just writing this blah, fake love story with a bunch of random characters that are thrown in for no reason and just actually thinking about, if you want it to be something cheesy, that's fine, but figure out how to write the connective tissue between these songs Mm -hmm. in some way. Um, And you can have your spring break goofy beach movie that doesn't really make a lot of sense (laughs) and that they fall in love by the end of it. Um, But if the point is to have fun, then then make a movie that's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every song is very morose. Yeah. Drags Really angsty. Like their spring break, this shouldn't be an angsty movie. Yeah. Uh, Well, and the the filmmaking, the color, everything is not telling us that it's angsty. Mm -hmm. It's telling us that that it's fun and sun and, you know. I'm just remembering so many moments now along the way of like where there's like a hint of what the characters actually feel that like we're supposed to just infer. Like Mm -hmm. with uh, at the one point Kaya and Kelly go to that party as like a statement of like, Oh, oh, if he's a party boy. Let's go to the party. Yeah. And they show up to the party and they just walk in and they start singing a song that's like, 
we're strong and we don't need you. That was and their the next thing that happened is when Luke shows up and yep. then they have the hovercraft race. <laughs> so it's all for naught. Yeah, but yeah. if you have those things intentionally, if you just like have Kelly, her two girlfriends, Justin, his two guy friends, and have them just be full on support characters, like everyone is in it for the Justin Kelly relationship. Yeah. All their antics relate to that. Make the movie about the relationship. Make the songs about the relationship. And I think you have a fun, cheesy little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead, it was just not fun and not memorable. No. Mm. Marianne, how would you fix this? So I have two and a half fixes for this. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is uh, just don't make this movie. Yeah, like yeah. the Okay, so the original intention of the movie was to be a cash cow for American Idol. Don't write a narrative for a movie just do a behind the scenes of the concert series like because yeah. that'll be fun like that's a reality thing like just cut together a whole bunch of behind the scenes and that's it can i just say real quick it is a miracle that kelly and justin are as good as they are they're are they good they're are they're, they? n- they're not horrible is my point mm-hmm. they're f- passable yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i love kelly clarkson as a musician as an actress, Mm-mm. I can not nope. say anything nice. No, I'm just saying that she, me watching it, I did not look at her performance and go, oh, oh no. I was just sort of like, well, this is Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. But there's, that's no, there's no real was, acting going on. Yes, it's just it was Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson yeah. Very obviously yeah. being Kelly Clarkson and not Kelly whatever her last name was in the movie. They did not have last names. They did. No, they didn't. I think they both say them once. Yes, they did. Never mind. And they are not their own last names. I didn't pay attention. Right. I'm just saying. It's like, I'm a different person. (laughs) I'm just saying, this could have gone even worse if if, taking that kind of gamble for a company like, uh, or, you know, a a show like American Idol just seems really stupid. Yeah. Because you didn't, as you said, you didn't, do a competition for dancers or actors. You did it mm-hmm. for singers. Mm-hmm. That's very different. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. There's one fix. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was one. Uh, my other one is kind of twofold into one thing of like just scrapping the love plot entirely and making it like, because part of the big problem is that like there is no chemistry between Kelly and Justin and they are not good enough actors to pull it off. Mm-hmm. But like, just scrap that entirely and do like a battle of the bands style of a thing instead so that they don't actually have to interact. All they have to do is perform. Um, And in conjunction with that, bring in any one of the following three names of Kenny Ortega, Ryan Murphy, or Adam Shankman, who are all very, very skilled in like very, very campy, fun, like musically, just like ridiculous productions. Yeah. So that the guy who produced American Idol produce your movie. Mm-hmm. And hire his brother to write it. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> oh, is it brother? Yeah. yeah, it's his brother that wrote it. I thought it was... Okay. No, his name is Kim. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like... I like that idea, and it backs up Matt's, like, your first impression of Kelly, or one of you two said it, of like, oh, maybe this is going to be about her singing career, yes, like Crossroads. Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah, like, I think... That's what the movie's telling you. Yeah. Yes. Set it up like, yeah, this isn't a great movie either, but it's more enjoyable than this, like Camp Rock. Where it, it, it does end with like a musical competition yes. and there is a romantic kind of subplot, but it's not like the music competition is more important yes. than the romantic subplot. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't care if they kiss at the end, let them kiss at the end. But I think <laughs> your idea of set like set like putting it around a musical contest that is happening during spring break, let it even mm-hmm. be spring break, whatever. Yeah, like, oh, just do, you don't even have to be too big with it. Like, oh, you get like a thousand dollars for the winning team or yeah. whatever. And everyone wants to compete 
separately. Well, because as, you build whatever. that in because like her whole thing is that at the beginning she doesn't have an audience for her yeah. musical talent. And mm-hmm. it's like yeah. if she could make like freaking just do the thing that every movie does when they cast a, a, a pop star, mm-hmm. pretend that no one knows they are a great mm-hmm. singer yes. and let the movie be about them realizing that everyone likes hearing them sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Parallels fans of American Idol, too, because I'm yes. sure people who watch that show love the, like, zero to star yeah. narrative. Uh-huh. So Just make it a, make the, like, the fictional cool. story of what happened to Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, and yeah. It puts, she's also, discovered. And doing that kind of puts all or most of the songs on a stage. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, all of the performances are on there. So it gives you, like, a good smaller area to work with and also just, like, a more believable situation yeah. for Justin and Kelly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh... What would you do, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, <laughs> this is uh, this is difficult because I want to say just burn it all to the ground and start over. But if I'm trying to actually be helpful, like if I were to have seen this script, like well, I, it has to be at the script stage, I think. I, I, I think at the script stage, you have to look at it and say, there's no story here. There's, <laughs> no one did that. Nope. No, I know, but like that would be my thing. Is I would mm-hmm. in order to fix this, I think you go back to the script and you say, okay, even with the characters you've created, I think we can make a story here that centers more on Justin and Kelly, and you can use these background characters for different things, but not not in the way they're being used here. It almost feels like some of them were shot afterward because they needed filler or something because it, 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 it they're so disparate. Uh, I'm gonna have to say, just gotta burn it down and start from scratch. <laughs> I like some of the ideas that I'm hearing here of just different movies using Kelly and Justin. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a cool way to do that. I would love to see you could make a beach party movie about Amer- an American Idol style competition um, that each you know, and then you can have a cast of characters, but the leads are Justin and Kelly, you know, and and then they get eliminated and things happen and think people can be conniving and whatever, and then it makes sense because there's something at stake. There was nothing at stake yep. with her friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. She just wanted to be mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What because the... she was jealous that of the person she was. Yeah. yeah. What? My, okay. So, sorry, we're we've moved past this part, but like. I just that line. So Alexa's line was like, "I'm I'm just jealous of you, Kelly, because when people see you, they want to get to know you, but no one wants to get to know me, and that's the reason why she did this whole thing." Right. Because it she's, makes no sense. She's like, "I'm just too attractive. People don't want to get too, to know me. I'm too much of a party girl. That's yeah. all they know about me." It was really dumb. <laughs> well, also again. In that scene, like the whole confessional scene of everything, that's after the moment we talked about where Kelly is singing her like whole song, like the yeah. realization oh, moment yeah. at the very end, like she's just walking along the beach. And then out of nowhere, Justin shows up behind her in a, like, a really creepy, like, sup, girl, kind of way. And she turns around and is talking to him. And is like, Justin, what are you doing here? You're a jerk. And then apparently no one knew she was here, but Alexa walks into frame yeah. and it's like, yeah. I'm here too. I confessed everything, and he's all, and everything's fine now. It came out of she behind a random said, palm tree. I stopped him on the way to the airport. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, what did she do? To be fair, she, she did have his have, number. That's yes, true. So she could text him. Also, I, <laughs> I would rather have seen that part of the movie than the, the scene that we got. Yeah, I just of, love that. Like, there's a reveal so that's that oh, fixed. Justin's here, and then like two seconds later, you're like, oh, and Alexa's here. Like, yeah. no one saw her. 
Also, don't watch this movie with your Amazon Echo going because oh. there are many times where Kelly Clarkson's like, Alexa, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Matt? Yeah. What do you, uh, also, we're really sorry for saying Alexa so much. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, do people listen to podcasts out loud? I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, Well, sorry to your Echo Dots. (laughs) I don't use an Echo. Uh, Well, at this point, we need to move on to rating it. Uh, I rate all of these films uh, categories like Storms. Category one, eh, it's fine. Probably a little bit of fun. Category five is really bad. It could really cause some harm. This is a two. Um... No, this is a three. (laughs) This is a three. It, It... and the only reason it isn't higher is because it's competently like the production crew did a good job of what they were asked to do. Sharp focus, good color, like the there's no there's no shot that's out of focus. Like really basic stuff is is there. So, I, you know, it's like there's that. But I, I can't. And I think I've said this to Sari numerous times over the last few days. <laughs> there is nothing here. That is the most perplexing thing to me is that there is nothing here there's no moral there's no um emotional uh weight that's lifted by watching it there's 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 no meaning to anything and there are no characters like these these char- they aren't real characters they're just people saying things it 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 is so much nothing that it just made me sad and alternately angry about it as i went through Matt. Uh, yeah, I felt, I don't know, I felt weird rating this one because I was like, it is very bad. Yeah. It's a very bad movie. <laughs> it didn't, like, offend me like a lot of the other ones we've watched. Right. And it didn't fall apart in the way that certain movies we've watched have either, like, in a filmmaking way. So it was like, my gut said rate it lower than, like, I actually will, I think. But Well, what is your scale? My scale is the one to five possessed mushroom puppets. Uh, it's the enjoyment scale uh, of like one to five stars. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to put this out of five because I didn't. You didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> but it is very vanilla and is just. As we said, harmless. Yeah, completely harmless. And so I think I'll actually put it at a four, which is probably the same as I rated like some what I consider good movies that we've watched. But yeah, as far as like my enjoyment of it compared to other bad movies we've watched, I was able to make it through this one without having to, like, pause, get up and walk away, <laughs> check to see how much time was left in the movie. The only time I checked the time was when I was like, oh, the resolution's coming. We must be at 60 minutes. Yep, 62 minutes. Cool. Nailed it. Um, but, yeah, so... I did that with this one. See, I didn't do that with this one. So I'm going to put it at a four just because the actual watching of it did not bother me that much. Okay, that's fair. Sari. So my scale, I was inspired by Sam's and it went very abstract. It's what kind of garbage can I'd throw it into. Uh, and I think, the, or I, I don't remember if it was I would throw like one DVD or if I could collect up all copies of it and throw them somewhere. Or does it go in a trash compactor, yeah, never to be seen again? That kind of thing. I think just like a plain old landfill uh, <laughs> where we put all our garbage because it. I just... I don't know, like you guys are saying, it's harmless. It was not fun. It was not, it didn't make me feel a lot of things besides like generalized disappointment. And that doesn't deserve any special treatment. So meh, just chuck it in with all the rest of the garbage and it'll get buried under other old stuff. 
Somebody might find it someday and go, well, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> a relic from the past. <laughs> really bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the aliens will come down and be like, Ooh, All right. What is this? This is what humans liked to do. Yeah. Marianne, have you thought of your rating scale? I have. And, and it comes with a little bit of a story. Go for it. So my rating scale uh, is based off of the way that I watch most content on my TV at home because I live in a relatively small apartment where my kitchen is pretty close. So if I get too bored or I'm like disgusted by a thing, I will regularly just leave the TV on, get up and go to the kitchen and do something. The most extreme of this is uh, making tea because I get up, I have to put water in the kettle, I put it on the stove, I pick out what loose leaf tea and measure it out. (laughs) I go, I sit back down uh, on the couch and I like, vaguely pay attention and listen to like how the water is boiling so that I get up um, and like walk the 15 paces to the stove. And by the time I get to the stove, it's already whistling. Um, And then I pour the hot water over the tea and then I wait the right amount of time so it doesn't get too bitter. And then I pull the tea out and then I wait a little bit more time because I don't want to burn my mouth. And then I start drinking the tea. Um, so it's kind of obnoxious and time consuming. So the last six minutes have just been making tea and not focusing at all on what is on the TV. Correct. Um, and yeah, so like the more severe a movie could be is the more tea I'll drink because I'm willing to burn my mouth <laughs> over uh, watching more movie. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just call this scale the screeching tea kettle scale. Cool. <laughs> um, and I think I was very bored with this, but it wasn't that offensive to me. So I think I'm just going to give it like two and a half of like cups of tea. I'll get up two and a half screeching tea kettles <laughs> of me like getting up and like making the tea. And maybe like I didn't fully finish making it the last or drinking the last cup of tea, like the third cup of tea mm. by the end of the movie because it wasn't really worth it to burn my mouth on this thing. <laughs> it's just like, a, just eh. like, oh, fine. I'm just like, I just don't want to pay attention to this movie, but I have to watch it. So I'm. Going to leave it on while I go to my kitchen. Would the best movie ever be one where you never made tea? The best movie ever would probably be like a negative cup of tea. And that's Mm. like (laughs) I set myself up to like enjoy this movie. You made a cup of tea before you started it and then you let it cool on the table. Yeah, so like I can drink it while I'm watching it and just enjoy a wonderful tea experience (laughs) while watching a wonderful movie. Black Panther. Yes, Black Panther is a negative cup of tea. Yes. Great. <laughs> it sounds bad, but in this case, it's good. No, yeah. it's the best rating. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly, what we do is uh, do a segment called Real Good, where we recommend something to you that is either like or not like this movie in any way. Just something to make you feel better if you've watched this horrible thing. Um, I'm going to start. Uh, actually, maybe I should finish because I kind of have two. And if somebody snags one of them, I've still got the other one. So, Sari, oh. let's start with you. What's Real Good? Um, I wanted to recommend a musical because that is what I felt like was missing from this mostly. Uh-huh. Um, and just I settled sing on, a song for God's sake. sing a song, make me feel happy. Um, and so I settled on Enchanted, the oh, Disney cool. movie, uh, because I think it takes the trope of the whole point of that movie is Giselle and I don't remember Patrick Dempsey's character falling in love. Like her first I want song is she wants to find true love's kiss. But it's fun and mm-hmm. it's goofy and like you get all the whole mashup of Disney. What if a Disney princess landed in the middle of New York and had to get used to our world? Um, Amy Adams, right? Amy yeah. Adams, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, Amy Adams is delightful. It's like <laughs> James Marsden in it, is in it as like the cheesy Disney prince, and he's wonderful. And it's just like it has all the the fairy tale romance tropes, but it leans into them, and it just has a lot of fun with them. It has a lot of fun with all the songs. Cool. And you you care about their relationship, and you want them to fall in love by the end of it, which I didn't with this movie. <laughs> no, yeah. Matt. I wanted like in, Justin to Kelly. I wanted them to like go their separate ways. <laughs> I did too. Actually, I was like, yeah, yeah. you two. There's no chemistry yeah. here. Just go. Like, please acknowledge that you don't live anywhere close to each other, and that you're going to go home and never talk to each other again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my real good is actually uh, from the same writer as this film, even though <gasps> I know what this yeah, is. Even though we put down this script a lot. Um, and yeah, I don't know that necessarily it's a good movie. I haven't watched it in a while, so I don't know how well it holds up, but I know it's better than this. So yeah, I can co-sign with that. Yeah. It, is, it is better it's, than it's this. It's more enjoyable. It's very aware of itself. It's fun in like a fun meta way. And it does a lot of the things I was saying I wish this one would do where it like takes songs that we already know and love and repurposes them into a plot line that's like a fictional version of these real people's lives and that is Spice World starring Ooh. the Spice mm. Girls <laughs> um, yeah it's if I remember it correctly it is very fun like meta British humor and it is has a, like I think Alan Cummings maybe in that movie mm-hmm. it's got like a bunch of really fun people in it and yeah go watch Spice World instead of not just to cleanse your palate yeah. after from Justin <laughs> D. Kelly watch it instead of yes uh, from Justin if you have Kelly. a choice yes yeah Marianne what would you recommend I had so many options <laughs> oh um, good but I think I'm I'm gonna still give two because okay. I can't pick which one I like better um Fair warning, these aren't particularly, like, amazing movies if you're a film, like, snob, but they're Unlike just Spice so World. fun. Yeah, yeah They're say. more on par with, sp- a little bit better than Spice World. Come on! So, my first one uh, no such thing. <laughs> would be High School Musical 2, because... better than Spice World. <laughs> it's just, like, it's everything, so it has that same concept of kind of vacation movie and a whole bunch of kids just, like... Yeah being like hanging around singing fun and like silly songs and that type of stuff um and it's just but it's just so good and it's just so fun and like everyone in that movie commits to the camp of the movie and like you know that this is like a disney channel original movie aka dcom but you're just like committing to it and it's Mm -hmm. just it's just delightful and great and zach efron has this wonderful weird emo song and it's awesome and ashley tisdale has like a very very clear sparkly fun i want song it's just (laughs) it's wonderful i love it it makes me feel good excellent Um, my second recommendation would be step up 3d (laughs) oh my yeah specifically 3d because it's just it's a fun step up dance movie Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of the previous contestants from so you think you can dance and puts them in here and showcases what they do best so this is a movie that like the plot is kind of weak and wishy-washy and that type of stuff it's basic straightforward but it showcases these people's talents in a significantly better way so if you like reality competition shows and want to see people in them do their thing in a movie step up 3d is the one for it cool Mm -hmm. Uh, I also have two, and one we've already talked about, which is Moulin Rouge. Like, I, I think 
if you want to see a really fun balls to the wall musical, um, check it out if you haven't seen it. If you have, I haven't. Oh, I. I <gasps> I, That's why I was very quiet during that because <laughs> I had nothing to add. Uh, it's a if you like musicals, and I don't know if you really like I musicals. Do. It, it is, it, it's a very Baz Luhrmann movie, so that means there's a lot of quick cutting. I tried to watch it when I was like 15, and I did not care for it. But I'm willing to give it another chance now, 15 years later. I also like I just if you can force yourself to sit through it because like the opening is a little rough, and then it just becomes sort of beautiful. Uh, I think it's that roughness mm-hmm. that I did not make it through when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is too much. The yeah. second time yeah. I watched it, I was like, I'm kind of into this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds, especially from like the way you guys were talking about it and the way I've heard everyone talk about it for the last 15 years, like it sounds like something I would enjoy. It's just not something I've given a proper chance. If you could make it to the Roxanne number, like if you don't like that Roxanne number, you need to see a medical professional. Like, that <laughs> is do. an incredible sequence. Right. Um, Agreed. Uh, the other thing I wanted to recommend, which is a, a, in relation to a comment I made about this movie, um, about uh, from Justin to Kelly, was that sometimes you don't sort of feel like a song has even started. They're just, oh, they're singing now. And I think there are films that kind of do that well and interestingly. And one of those films is called Wants. Uh, it's an Irish independent <gasps> film. <laughs> I know which one. I, I first I thought you said once, but it's once. Oh, right. Wait, what, are you saying once? Once? O-N-C-E? O-N-C-E. Oh, yes. 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 That movie's great. Yeah. That's I it. also thought you said once. Yeah. W-A-N-T-S. Oh, yes. I want Sorry. something. Yeah. No, no. I was like, all right, this, I've never heard of this movie. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. But yes, do go on because yes. once is great. Yes. yes. This is amazing. <laughs> once good. is a really, good recommendation. really, really good film with two incredible incredibly charismatic actors who have all the chemistry in the world. Yeah. Uh, and it is not, I won't say it's a doomed love story because it's not doomed. There isn't really a love story there. Yes. Um, oh, what a good movie. But it is mm-hmm. a beautiful, funny, heartbreaking. Uh, there is a there is one sequence of uh, one of them where she is just playing piano and singing a song called The Hill which every time I watch it, I tear up and it is one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Um, it's it's a really good film. So check it out once and uh, and Moulin Rouge. And that is going to wrap up this episode of Real Bad. Thank you, Marianne, for coming on to our show. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Uh, do you have any Twitters that you would like people to go find you at? Yes, I am MF Des Silva on as many of the social medias that I am on. Excellent. <laughs> Sari, thank you again for coming back on. I hope to have you, out, you on again soon. Mm-hmm. I, there, there's more comic book movies coming. Really? So, you know. Comics. Yes. Yeah. Comics and musicals. Yep. That's my bit. I also love those things. <laughs> um, is there a crossover? Comic book musical. Spider-Man. Spider-Man uh, 3. Mm, the jazz sequence. No, <laughs> Spider-Man the musical. But oh, no, yeah. all bad things. No, uh, let's not talk about that. Oh, oh, uh, Star Kid did a musical about Batman. Mm. I'm saying, is there like a professional level? Was there like a musical episode of any of these DC shows? Yes, there is. Boom. Flash. There's a Flash uh, Supergirl yeah. crossover. Cool. It's very nice musical. Right. There you go. Anyway, my Twitter <laughs> handle is at C.E. Riley. Excellent. Uh, and Matt, you can be found? At Matthew Gatos, everywhere. All right. Thanks again to Taylor for suggesting this monumental piece of crap. If you'd like to suggest a movie for us to watch, at uh, RealBadPod is the best way to do it on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week with I don't know what quite yet. But until then, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.